Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. So we are beginning a very brief series in the Psalms, just called Greatest Hits, just taking a few of the Psalms here as we close out the summer and looking at at these Psalms. So we're going to begin with Psalm 1, where the Psalms begin. So I invite you to hear the Word of God. The psalmist writes, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for gathering us. We thank you for bringing us together, and we thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We know that you speak to us through your scriptures. You speak to us through these psalms. You speak to us through your your Holy Spirit, Lord. So we ask that you open up our ears now that we would understand you. You open up our eyes that we would see you. Lord, help us to hear your word and help us to embrace the life that you call us to. Speak to us now for your servants are listening, Lord. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So yeah, we're going to be doing this series looking at the Psalms. And the Psalms are these poems or songs that you'll find close to the middle of your Bible, at least in most English Bibles. There's 150 of them, and they're divided up into five different sections. It's been said that the story of the majority of the Bible is God speaking to humans and God reaching out to humans, but that the Psalms are humans reaching out to God and humans speaking to God. It's been called the prayer book of the Bible. And people have reflected on the Psalms. Christians have reflected on the Psalms for hundreds of years, thousands of years now. John Calvin, the reformer, the theologian, He wrote that there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not here in the Psalms as in a mirror. Another Old Testament scholar, Ellen Davis, she wrote that the Psalms enable us to bring into our conversations, conversation with God, feelings and thoughts most of us think we need to get rid of before God will be interested in hearing from us. The Psalms bring all these emotions out. They lift up all these different feelings. The the range of human emotion is expressed here in the Psalms. Even the scary emotions, even the feelings that we try to run from, you can find those in the Psalms. There are Psalms of joy, and there are Psalms of anger. There's Psalms of gratitude, and there are Psalms of sadness. 
the range of human emotions is there. Another Old Testament scholar, John Goldengay, he writes, the Psalms make it possible to say things that are otherwise unsayable. In church, they have the capacity to free us to talk about things that we cannot talk about anywhere else. There's something about reading one of the Psalms and seeing some feeling that makes you uncomfortable. You see it there in the Psalm. And then you realize it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and you can put words to it. And you aren't alone in that. The Psalms have a way of facilitating that. And then about 1,700 years ago, one of the church fathers, his name was Basil, he had this quote on the Psalms. A Psalm drives away demons, summons the help of angels, furnishes arms against nightly tears, and gives respite from daily toil. To little children, it is safety. To men in their prime, an adornment. To the old, a solace. To women, their most fitting ornament. To novices, it is a beginning. To those who are advancing, an increase. To those who are concluding, a confirmation. A psalm is the voice of the church. The psalms are powerful. And like I said, they express a range of human emotions which is why it's a little interesting that the Psalms begin with Psalm 1. These Psalms were at one point edited and pulled together. And the people who organized them into this form that we have now, they chose Psalm 1 through the power of the Holy Spirit to introduce us to the Psalms. But in this Psalm, I don't know if you get the whole range of human emotions. Psalm 1 really presents us with two paths. There's the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked. And it describes those two paths to us. But you don't see the range of emotions. That thing that people have connected with, with the rest of the Psalms, it's not here at the beginning. Except, I think, with one little word. I think it's interesting that this is what the Psalms decided to open up with. That very first word there in the Psalms, in Psalm 1. Happy. You might have even missed over it because the imagery is so powerful, but that first word there, happy. That's what the Psalms open up with. Now, if you go and look at some different translations of the Bible, you might see this also translated as blessed. In fact, probably about two-thirds of translations will start with blessed. The other third go with happy or with joy. In Hebrew, the term is ashrei. It's a Hebrew term that I think it, it captures a little more than just blessed, though, which is why I think happy is the better translation. It's the one I would rest in. This word ashrei, it doesn't talk about blessedness in the sense of just being fortunate. It talks about contentment, things going right. It's a word that's used in a lot of what's called wisdom literature, a reflection of when your life is being lived well, when things are going well, when things are in line with God's will. And it's that sense of happiness that the Psalms open up with. And I think there's a lesson here. With all the different ranges of human emotions, the Psalms begin with this word happy because God cares about happiness. God wants you to be happy. 
And you can think of these two paths that are presented as the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked, but you could also think of them as the path of the happy and the path of the unhappy. But the word happy is one of those common words that almost loses all of its meaning. And when we talk about happiness in culture, you don't really know what we're all talking about. I remember about nine years ago, I lived in San Juan Capistrano, nice little town near the beach in South Orange County, lived in a house with some friends. And I remember having a really good time for the majority of time I lived there. But then whenever the summers hit, we were located right, down, right near downtown San Juan Capistrano where a bunch of clubs were. I'm not a clubber. I don't go to clubs. It's not my thing. And each night as I'd go to sleep, I would go to sleep to the soundtrack of whatever the clubs were playing. And I'd have to sit there and listen to it, which was okay. And then this song became popular. It was the catchiest song I had ever heard in my life. Some of you probably love this song. It's a song called Happy by Pharrell. You might love that song, but try listening to that every single night for two months as you are trying to fall asleep. Just preparing for this sermon gave me flashbacks. For any of you who wonder if hell exists, just know it does, and I experienced it for those two months, okay? But during that time, as I would lay there trying to fall asleep, I would be forced to listen to these lyrics over and over again in my head because once that song is in your head, it does not leave. And there was a line that after about two weeks began to drive me absolutely nuts. It's where Mr. Pharrell says, clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. It sounds great. I get it. He's saying, look, I have no limits. There's nothing holding me down. But think about it for just a second. How useless is a room without a roof? When the rain comes, you're going to be miserable. When the heat comes, you're going to be miserable. Imagine if we took this roof off right now, how uncomfortable all of us would be and how useless this room would be. Everything would be destroyed. That is supposed to be a picture of happiness in this song. And I'm going to rant because that song gets me. It is a terrible picture of happiness though. And I actually think, I'm not just picking on this song, I think a lot of the time when we're talking about happiness, when culture is talking about happiness, we mistake happiness with excitement. We think that those two are the same exact thing. The pictures that we have of happiness, they're too fleeting. They're too temporary. Like I said, a room without a roof becomes useless very, very quickly. Probably by the first night you try to go to sleep. But that's the picture of happiness that I think we have far too often. And it's very different than the picture of happiness that Psalm 1 lays out for us. The picture of happiness that you see in Psalm 1, it's really of a tree. That's the main image that I think we see here. You can see this picture of this tree here. I, I googled Psalm 1 and looked at different pictures. I got to admit, this one's a little cheesy but I, I think it does get the point across. It's a tree rooted in the word of God. But this is the picture of happiness that the psalmist portrays for us at the very beginning of the Psalms. This is what righteousness looks like, and happy is the one who is righteous. 
this picture of the tree though, and the way the Psalms uses images, we're meant to explore them a bit. One scholar, his name's Nahum Sarna. He, he, wrote, he writes on the Psalms. He played around with this picture of the tree in Psalm 1. And he pointed out some things to help us get a glimpse of what this happy life looks like. And he said, first off, one thing to notice is that in this picture of this tree, it's a fruit-bearing tree. It's not just a forest tree. It talks about this tree providing fruit in its time, in its season. And he says, the qualities of usefulness, serviceability, giving of oneself to others are at once invoked. This individual that Psalm 1 talks about nourishes and sustains society, enriching the lives of others, just like a tree that provides fruit for others does. He also points out that this tree that is planted, it's not just planted. The Hebrew term refers more to well-rooted. There's another word for just planting something that is used. This is deeper than that. This means grounded. Its roots run deep. It is secure. And he says that this picture, this person, can be reliable like a fruit tree that yields its produce in its proper season. So you get a picture of somebody who is producing fruit for others, who is rooted there and who is reliable. Somebody you can trust. Somebody that you can go to and know that they will be there. Somebody who is consistent in how they live their lives. He says the point is that our individual, the person as described in Psalm 1, is resilient, stable, and steadfast by being rooted in the spiritual and ethical soil of the Torah. You see this picture of this tree here. I think you get a glimpse of what happiness looks like, at least according to the Psalms. It's not fleeting. It's not temporary. It's not a feeling that goes up and down. It's rooted. It produces for others. It helps to nourish those who are around. That's the life that Psalm 1 invites us into. That's the picture of happiness that this psalm portrays for us. It's the opposite of the wicked who are like chaff, where the wind comes and they are blown around. There's no rootedness there. There's no stability. There's no reliability. And the way to follow this path we're told in Psalm 1, is the Torah. The Torah is, refers to God's law. And law is one word that works to translate that idea, but it is more than just law. Sometimes you'll see it translated as instruction also. It's more than just a law. It lays out a way of living life. The way that you are rooted, when you take this path of the happy that Psalm 1 lays out for us, is by meditating on God's law, God's word. So, simple message. If you want to be happy, go and read Leviticus over and over again, okay? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It'll take some time for you to get there with that one. But I do believe, reflecting on God's word, and the psalmist wouldn't say this, but for those of us who follow Jesus, the psalmist may say this actually, 
but Jesus wasn't around then. I just went on a tangent in my own head. I apologize for that. The psalmist was not aware of Jesus, but for those of us who are aware of Jesus, I think one thing you could do to begin rooting yourself in this path of the righteous, the path of the happy that Psalm 1 talks about, is go and look at Jesus' summary of God's law. Jesus' summary of the Torah. It's in Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. It's a passage that I go back to regularly. Because Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, it is presented as Jesus' summary of the law. Jesus' teaching on the law. And if you want to understand God's law, you do it through Jesus' eyes and how he interpreted it. So if you want this type of happiness, this rooted type of happiness, it's not a happiness that means everything is going to go perfect in your life, but it's a happiness that means when things do go imperfectly, you'll still be rooted and grounded. You'll still produce fruit. You'll still be stable. If you want that happiness, I would suggest going and reflecting on Matthew 5 through 7. Sit down. Look at some of Jesus' teachings in there. Figure out one or two that you can start putting into practice. And start taking steps on the path of the righteous that Psalm 1 talks about. Reflect on God's law as Jesus interprets it. I think that's what Psalm 1 invites us into. And ultimately, that's what the Psalms will invite us deeper into as you go through these poems. They encompass the full range of emotions. But at the very beginning, they root us and they ground us in the happiness that God offers. The happiness that God's law can lead us to. So you do have two paths in front of you. I invite you to reflect on God's law. Put it in practice. And just see if maybe a different type of happiness begins to take hold in your life. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your Psalms. We thank you for how your desires for our life are revealed in them. Through the ways in which those who wrote the Psalms reflected on their relationships with you. We can learn how we might also model our relationship with you. So Lord, help us to choose the path of the righteous. Not that we would be perfect. Not that we would never make any mistakes, Lord. But that we would be rooted in your word. Rooted in your law. Rooted in your instruction. And living lives that are reliable. That are consistent. That bear fruit for others. Help us to experience that type of happiness, Lord. And help us to know how to walk that path.
Mercy and grace. Uh...